1: Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves it 's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy activism protection, conservation, and importantly appreciation. The show is broadcast from the three CR studios in Melbourne on eight five five am i 'm Nick Pendergrass. be hosting the show today by myself, and most of the talk will actually be most of the talk most of the show will be a talk from Ollie Hornung. Uh, this is from the 2017 Animal Activist Forum, and the talk is You Did What? Creative Tactics and Strategies to Boost Your Campaigns. A really great talk, uh, a really great talk for this time of year, I think, because it's very, even though he's talking about actions which are on important issues uh, against um, speciesism, against harm to animals, against sexism, against racism, these kind of things, um, the actions themselves are actually quite fun and even funny and lighthearted. So I thought it was a good one. Uh, this time of year, when a lot of activists are taking time out and having a well-earned break um stepping away to have a more light-hearted kind of talk and think about how activists can incorporate some of these more creative campaigns um yeah as part of their activism Thanks to Sally for Out of the Pan. And as Sally mentioned, she'll be away until February, taking a bit of a break and there'll be best ofs that you can find. Um, Yeah, they'll be played throughout the next several weeks. You can also find out all the episodes you miss at 3cr.org.au forward slash Out of the Pan. And you can also hear all the other shows on 3CR, including this one and all the other great shows at 3cr.org.au. So check them out and hear episodes you miss, that kind of thing. I hope Sally and all the other presenters Have a good break. And I think it is really important to take that uh, time out. Uh, I won't be myself. I'll be keeping the freedom of species going throughout the next few weeks, but I will take some time out in January. So, yeah, with, with this talk, um, yeah, again, a really appropriate one, I think, this time of year to sort of sit back and hear some quite entertaining activist actions. Again, think about how we can incorporate them. And recently I was at a Taza conference, a sociology conference, which, which, which we actually covered on the show recently um, with Zoe Sutton. And one of the talks at this sociology conference was on feminist activism. And the person speaking mentioned that a lot of younger women had dropped out because it wasn't fun. And she said, well, activism isn't fun it's boring and dull and sort of they just had to realize that I guess and I I kind of don't think that is necessarily the case and Ollie's talk definitely shows otherwise I don't think activism has to be boring and dull Uh, and also there's increasingly a lot of discussions in a wide range of activist movements about this idea of activist burnout playing um, a big role in people being really active for a while and then stepping away and not being active anymore and I think if actions are more fun um, are more creative I think that is one way to help counter uh, activism activist burnout if it's not this sort of drag that you have to get through activism going to be fun and creative and inspiring then I think people can do it in the longer term. I also think these kind of actions which Ollie speaks about um, can complement more traditional actions like street stalls protest marches these kind of things uh, so yeah they can sort of be part of and complement these more um, yeah more commonly done tactics and I think also some people get involved in activism and sort of go along to a march or something and go this doesn't inspire me at all and therefore I shouldn't be an activist activist isn't for me activisms not for me um, but I think yeah for these people who aren't sort of inspired by these actions if they're not for you it doesn't mean you can't be an activist and you can't ...can't get involved in a wide number of ways. So I guess uh, the point of playing this talk is not to criticise those more standard actions of having you know, outreach at street stalls... ...or having protest marches, but I guess viewing these tactics as just a few tactics in our really big toolbox of different actions we can do. And we can really use our imagination and, and yeah, do many different things. Activism can take many different forms. So yeah, we'll get straight into it. This is Ollie Hornung's talk from the 2017 Animal Activist Forum... Talking about creative activism.
2: Okay, so for our next talk, we have Ollie here. So Ollie is from EvoLens. Now, Ollie, better known as Lee. Lee. <laughs> Gallivants around activism events, human and non-human animal, with projectors and fairy lights in hand. Using the creative tactics of guerrilla projection and lighting brigade, Lee is a member of the Nocturnal EvoLens Collective. So his talk today: You did what? creative tactics and strategies to boost your campaign, please give Lee a mighty big round of applause. Welcome to the stage.
3: Cool, thanks for having me, Rick. And thanks to the organisers for putting on this great event again this year. um, Yeah, I've been involved in a bit of, um, I guess, creative style um, actions and activism over the last couple of years. And today I'll be drawing on some of the tactics and examples in the activist handbook, Beautiful Trouble, which um, yeah, encourage you to look at if you're interested in this type of stuff. Um, yeah, but generally um, I'll be talking about um, yeah, kind of more left of field, the different types of actions you can you can do within your campaign, um, rather than like kind of outreach or holding a rally or a vigil, maybe other things you can think about to. Um, to amplify your campaign. So for each of these tactics, I'll draw on some specific an- examples from um, how different activist groups around the world have, yeah, have implemented these tactics. And um, yeah, hopefully at the end I'll get a bit of time to talk about some principles that you might, um, yeah, want to consider if you're if you're going for kind of the creative style um, action within your campaigns. Um, but yeah, overall I kind of hope this session um, is pretty, pretty laid back and that you kind of, you're kind of entertained and encouraged by some of the examples that I use and um, it will spur on um, some light bulb moments or something like that for, for you to try this in, in your own campaigns um, using care and strategic planning. Um So firstly, um, I just wanted to make mention that yeah creative activism is a pretty broad broad word so what I talk about today I don't mean like that's all that creative means or like artistic activism means it's probably a whole heap of other things um, yeah you can do your're um, definitely not stuck with with the things that I talk about today um, and secondly I'm not an expert on activism or um, yeah, this type of stuff more generally. So, um, yeah, take or leave it. Don't, no profit or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'll also be drawing on some examples from different social movements. Um, and yeah, mainly done this just because yeah they were really planned and well executed actions. And yeah, I hope um, you might be able to see how um, see the tactic rather than I guess the specific example and um, how you can use that within your own campaigns. Um, and finally, there isn't any extreme violence to humans or animals in this session, but there is like, some, um, I guess some videos of people getting arrested. Um, there's also like, a lot of satire, so a lot of the content I'll be showing is very satirical, um, particularly around issues to do with like, sexism, racism, speciesism, classism and fascism. And that's all the isms I'll be using in this talk because I'm not um, really good with big words. Um, sweet! So, yeah, I'll start off with an explanation of the nine tactics that I'm gonna talk about today. And I'm gonna give a couple of examples for each. Um, As you'll see in the next few slides for each tactic, I'll kind of um, give a bit of an overview as to like the possible reach you could get from using this tactic effectively. Um, Like the timeline, like if you have to, if it takes like a day to plan it or whether it takes like weeks or months or even years, um, I'll, yeah, kind of put a bit of a marker on whether it's legal, like as in whether you might get charged for it, but um, yeah, please, I'm not a lawyer and I know very little about law, so um, yeah, don't take, I'm just gonna generally talk about whether or not you might get charged for it um, or or not, or whether people in the past have got charged using these tactics. And where was I? Yeah, I'll talk about whether or not um, like you could do the action over and over again. So whether it's um, like whether yeah whether, whether you can do it over and over again or if it's just like once you can, you can do it and then that's it and then you won't be able to do it for the rest of your life or you won't be able to do it for another few years and also um, how many people you might need to, to do the actions. Cool. And yeah, many of these actions can be inter- integrated into a larger strategy in a campaign or like if you're a small group of people and you just want to kind of be doing snap actions and trying to get as med- much media... Um, and, and, like, changing public opinion that way could, could probably also do things that way. So tactic number one, too much waffling, Oli. Um, electoral guerrilla theatre. So the definition of um, guerrilla theatre is running for a public office as a creative prank, not to win the election, so not, like, you know, for, like running as a candidate for the Greens or for AJP or who else, whoever, whoever you're keen on. Um, but to get attention for a radical critique of policy and to sabotage the campaign of a particular candidate so if it I mean yeah these are pretty variable figures but if you do it really well like some people have done this tactic really well you can get a really big reach like through um, media and um, yeah time intensity. so I'm not sure if that's a word but it sounds good um, so, yeah, you probably want to put a bit of time into it unless you just like want to do a week-long thing during elect- like a week before election day. Um, the cost can be cheaper than $1,000, but maybe that's like a Bullport park figure to make a website and that. Um, yeah, you might not be able to do it for another three years or until the next election's on, or if your face, I don't know, makes it into the media stream, they might not ever want you to, to do electoral guerrilla theatre again. Um, yeah, legally it shouldn't be any problems, but, um, yeah, definitely don't take things from me. And yeah, you can do it in a pretty small group of people. So if you've got a small collective, um, it could be a fun thing to do. So, uh, a couple of examples, pulling Pants Down. Um, so believe it or not, this was, um, yeah, this was led led by a satirist called Simon Hunt, a, a queer activist in the, I think he started pulling Pants Down in 1997. And he got um, a whole heap of media attention. He really did this um, tactic really, really strongly. Um, he ended up even getting a hit, like a, a music hit, um, to place number five on the Triple J what, Top 100. Um, he's not um, doing Pulling Pants Zone anymore, but let's have a bit of a
2: look on a Friday, put copies out to all of the radio stations everywhere, trucked them around the country, had them in the stores by Saturday afternoon it was being played everywhere immediately and by that stage Pauline Hansen would have had to have taken 300 separate legal actions in order to stop the song, which she couldn't No,
0: the whole thing is wrong and it stinks and I don't like
2: it And then after a couple of days I just sort of turned around to my manager and I said, what about I run for the Senate. I've got to change my name um, because you've got to get onto the ballot paper. You can't use an alias on the ballot paper. Trucked on down to the Office of uh, Births, Deaths and Marriages down in the city. The woman behind the counter uh, looked at it and she said, you can't use that. That's an obscene name. And I looked at her name label and her name was Jenny Bottom. And I started an argument with Jenny um, saying, well your name is bottom and then if we take the pants down it exposes the bottom so your name is more obscene than my name and calling in you know I just went off and calling in managers and things like that and got the agreement uh, after I changed my name back again to Simon Hunt um, it still has all previous names listed below on the birth certificate so that's always a, a bit of a laugh every year or so when I need to use a birth certificate for anything
4: Feel
0: the the street, to the beach,
2: like it. it was actually really enjoyable. I never really wondered about what I was doing because I felt that I wanted to ha- actually have an effect on the political process, you know, and using comedy, using performance to do that. Well, it was like being the world's biggest 12-year-old. The whole experience of Pants Down was like a fascinating way of manipulating media as it was in 1998, anyway. I'm the biggest, baddest man <laughs> around. Oh, so funny
3: stuff. Um, I'm just going to work off the... I've got a few videos to play in this, so I'm just going to work off the videos just so, I don't know, we don't have any issues. Um, yeah, so, so that's a bit of electoral guerrilla theatre. Um, you can kind of either, you know, go after looking like another candidate that you might not like and you might want to kind of smear their campaign. Um, but you can also, like, do something completely different, which um, Michael Moore did in 2000, and he um, set out a warning to the incumbent co- congressman that he would... Um, well, he wouldn't be able to run uncontested for that election. That particular member had been running uncontested because I think, I don't know, I think he had pretty popular support. And um, so Moore decided to pull out a satirical campaign and instead called upon Americans to vote instead for a potted plant, which he called ficus, and um, the shrub, which, which, which was the name of a shrub, Um, or tree, and like, believe it or not, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Moore being a pretty, I don't know if anyone knows of Michael Moore, but he's a pretty well-known guy, so he ran a big documentary and a big campaign around it, and um, a lot of the messaging was kind of around this idea that, well, using his words, he says, a lot of politicians lie, cheat, steal, or use improper syntax, but I've never met one who can perform photosynthesis. So, (laughs) so yeah, electrical guerrilla theatre can be a fun fun way to kind of um, paint a picture of, of politicians in, a, in, a, in an abstract way, I guess. Um, sorry, I don't have the PowerPoint, but um, you'll have more to look at soon. So tactic two, media jacking. The definition of media jacking is to undermine your opponent's narrative by hijacking their event, to draw draw attention to your side of the story, to capitalise on your target's media presence, or to reframe an issue, or just to generally be a jackass. And um, I couldn't go past um, plugging Animal Tassie's um, Swan Lake for their great um, media jack of um, the opening day of um, duck hunting season in Tassie.
0: Good evening, Angela Ross with ABC News. Fluoropink lycra, a classic ballet and construction site hard hats. It doesn't sound like your average protest, but that's how animal activists in Tasmania have rallied against duck hunting on the first day of the season. Richard Baines reports from Moulting Lagoon on the state's east coast.
1: Miles from any theatre, a performance of Swan Lake with a difference. On the first day of the duck hunting season, it wasn't gunfire breaking the dawn silence on Tasmania's east coast. This unorthodox rendition of Swan Lake, performed by lycra clad animal
3: activists, had a serious message. And that's we want to see an end inter- to duck shooting in Tasmania. Um, there's no need for it. Interesting way to kind of meet you, Jack, and um, yeah, got a lot of coverage as most of these examples. Um, that I'll show you. We'll... now this is a picture of um, this action in 2002. It was called, it's kind of labeled the UFE Tax Day Lifeboat. And a bit of background before this, behind this, the two. I don't know if you can really see it, but there's two men who are up on the top of the ship there with a big uh, suitcase which says T. And um, what they were doing there? They organised a publicity stunt. Um, these two Republicans. To um, throw this tax code into the river, as, they, as in, in, their, um, in their parliament, um, they were going to be um, shifting some of the tax, taxing off the, um, off the upper echelon to like the middle and lower class. And yeah, they, they wanted to make this big thing out of it. And a couple of activists um, from United for a Fair Economy came along with a lifeboat, knowing that they were going to do this. And the media was already all set up. And um, they, of course, look pretty small and um, insignificant down there. Um, but they started yelling out, you know, "Don't throw the tax, um, the, the, the the tax roll into the into the water. We're going to drown. We're going to drown. We're going to fall out of our, boot, our boat." And it was kind of representative of what this, um, yeah, what what, what was going to happen if this tax laws were changed. And not only did these UFE people organize for this in front of the whole media and all the crew but they they media jacked also by dressing up a couple of people in suits and putting them up on the top of the ship with the pollies and they acted out being in in favour of the congressmen. So they were like, yeah, chuck them in the... Oh, this is using an Aussie accent. I can't do American. You know, chuck it in, chuck it in, make them drown, you know. It's like all this stuff stuff. So um, it's a pity there's no videos of this online, but, um, yeah, a pretty, um, pretty awesome bit of media jacking. Um, and it really made the congressman look pretty terrible um, on the news. So, yeah, another example I had, I guess, yeah, athletes also do this often, they media jack, um, and, yeah, recently, of course, in the States, with the um, um, putting a knee down for pr- police brutality, or against police brutality, rather, um, so tactic, tactic three, filibustering, I love this word, um, interrupting or shutting down a hearing or a government vote. So yeah, if done well, you can really hit the headlines with this, it's a pretty controversial tactic. Um, but yeah, legally it can be kind of questionable, it's pretty cheap cost-wise, and you wanna be doing it in a group of people which is you know pretty, um, pretty tight-knit um, bunch of people. Um, you need a lot of people to be pretty trust- trusting and need to organise pretty well. Now, if you look in Australia, when this has been done recently, um, the Whistleblowers Activists and Citizens Alliance did it um, surrounding the issue of um, offshore detention. And, um, yeah, really strong protest that was. Um, ended up on the, in the headlines and in media all around the globe. Um, I'm not sure what the reach would have been for that particular action. But, um, yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a controversial tactic, but it can also have um, yeah pretty amazing outcomes as well. Prefigurative interventions. So, definition being to give a glimpse of the utopia we're working for, to show how the world could be, to make such a world not just feel possible, but be irresistible. So, yeah, uh, pre- prefig in- intervention is a bit like what probably many of us, many of us already do. Like we're vegans. Like we're kind of um, using, yeah, using ourselves as like a model for how the world could be. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's plenty of other ways to do that, I guess, in, more, um, in a more public manner, manner as well, especially in the way that you use your, um, your, in, your local environment and maybe tamper with it um, to make it look irresistible. Um, yeah, the dot-dot-dot kind of means it kind of depends on, on what type of um, tactic... Or, no, what type of um, strategy you have behind um, the tactic. So... Let's have a look at this.
4: Today is Parking Day, um, its an annual global event in which activists, designer, and community members design installations for parking stalls around the world. What you're seeing here is College of Architecture students who've created nine stalls in which they are to create a public amenity for the city for a day. Well this is our social seating
3: experiment here. What we've made is an area where people can gather together and sit in a former parking stall turned public space for the day. They go on a bit. Um, I'm going to skip through that. I think hits time. So you can kind of see, yeah, they've, they've re-envisioned their environment. And, um, yeah, a lot of media came around to that from that tactic as well. So it can be a fun way of doing things. I really, really liked... Sorry, you're seeing all this other crap on the side. But um, I really, really like um, ALV's meat market idea and Animal Liberation Victoria's meat market idea. Yeah, it certainly plays on this idea of... Um, yeah, preventative intervention, and um, yeah, certainly gaining a lot of media just through yeah finding a place which used to be you know really horrible, well yeah pretty pretty horrible place for animals or the carcasses of animals, the corpses of animals, and now they've yeah turning it into a vegan market for the day. So yeah, pretty good um, action right there. Get along on October twenty eighth. Uh, creative disruption. So it's a pretty vague kind of term, but generally speaking, to expose or disrupt the public relation efforts of the armed and dangerous in unusual ways. Um, so again, you could gain a really good reach out of this if you've got a really good plan and a really good kind of narrative behind your story. Um, something you can could do over and over again, um, and yeah, probably depending on what type of disruption you're doing, um, you might get fined or you might end up somewhere... Um, behind bars but hopefully not um i'm gonna skip this first example but we're gonna jump on to the santa claus army and this is back from in 1975 um where
4: well maybe i'll see if you guys get the gist
3: of could everyone at the back kind of see what was going on there Yeah, cool. So, yeah, so um, these activists played on the idea, or this theatre group played on the idea of, um, yeah, you know, Santa Claus, like, this kind of consumerist, um, uh, like, yeah, person, um, and and playing on that idea that um, Santa Claus gives out presents, so let's go give out presents. Um, So, yeah, pretty interesting (laughs) tactic. Um, And I'm not sure if they actually got in trouble for that particular action, um, because they weren't really stealing anything from the stores, but the um, consumers were. Um, so, yeah, so that might be an example of, um, of a way of being nice and disrupting a place. Like, amazingly, they were being really nice, but they were also being really disruptive. Let's have a look at, like, creative disruption um, without anyone even knowing.
0: I donated my voice to a G.I. Joe because they want to be free too. They don't want to say all that violent war stuff. Now he says what I used to say.
2: Wanna go shopping? I love school, don't you? Tim's such a dream. Will we ever have enough clothes? After we
3: finish our corrective surgery, we climb back into our cartons and are shipped to stores
4: everywhere. Watch carefully now as the doll leaves his hand and is placed back on the shelf. A time bomb waiting for the unsuspecting customer. Now watch as two other BLO members brazenly replace at least a half a dozen more Barbie dolls at another nearby store. News 8, San Diego's number one source for news.
0: Seven-year-old Zach Zevlin thought this doll was a factory mistake, but it was soon discovered this G.I. Joe was in fact ambushed by the Barbie Liberation Organization. He's in disguise.
4: In
2: press releases, the group claims to have gotten 300 altered Barbies and G.I. Joes onto store shelves in 43 states. This little-known
4: faction of underground toy terrorists is waging a video war, claiming responsibility for the sex change operations.
2: I like it because it isn't so violent. It makes it more funny.
3: Again, yeah, a pretty interesting way of disrupting um, the community at large, and yeah, that one again gained a lot of traction on in press back in the 90s.
4: Rap with Young Philip, yeah. sing with Fia, breathe with Avi Misra, yodel with Suhart, and much, much more at the Bwat Singers Festival, January 11 to 13,
3: at the Abbotsford Convent. Go to boat.com.au for more info or ring 94171983, a 3CR supporter
1: you're listening to freedom of species bringing you animal advocacy on the airwaves of 3cr and we've been hearing ollie hornan's talk um you did what creative tactics and strategies to boost your campaign and we'll hear more of that in just a second and yeah really love that talk lots of great examples from a wide range of movements including uh, animal actions and a wide range of other uh, causes raised in, in these actions hopefully this is inspiring to animal activists and other activists listening to again use our imagination think outside the box and, and think about the wide, you know, whole wide range of uh, tactics we can use as part of our activism. I just wanted to briefly mention a few actions there that he touched on there. The, I really um, love that idea of creating our utopias and prefigurative politics. So he mentioned that uh, veganism on an individual level is really powerful in terms of not just opposing what we don't like in terms of the exploitation and slaughter of animals, but actually creating that new world, even on a personal level of the world we want to see. So not just what we oppose, but also what we want to see, what we want to create. So I think veganism is really powerful on the individual level and also going beyond the individual and having bigger actions from organisations etc I really love that action which is it's over now, this was in the past Um, this is a talk from a while back but that meat market um, idea by Animal Duration Victoria how they took over the meat market and had a whole vegan day there and again that's really important, not just challenging this consumption of animals but also showing the alternative, showing the positive alternative that we want to create as well so lots of great stuff, Um, more of that coming right up now, so here is more of Ollie Horner discussing creative activism
3: Now, how about disrupting by looking like you're actually meant to be there? So we looked at disrupting by being nice, um, disrupting by without anyone really knowing and disrupting by looking like you're not even meant to be there. Let's have a look at Reverend Billy. Is it um Disneyland, by the way? lots of ways to creatively disrupt um, things. Um, What's the next tactic? A hoax. So, um, to create a monumentary illusion that exposes injustice through satirical exaggeration or that demonstrates how another reality is possible. Hoaxes seem to have this thing, particularly when they're, um, they're Geared along the lines of social justice issues to really make headlines, um, but yeah, legally they can be problematic. Um, so it's one one to think about definitely to consult um, some lawyer about. Um, again, another action that you can do with a small amount of people um, and probably without too much money. So Whiteho- how sorry, excuse me, whitehaven coal. This fellow here is called... In the middle, he's called Jonathan Moylan, and he sent an email that wiped $300 million off a mining company value, and with the aid of nothing more than a mobile phone and a laptop, um, he put out a a fake press release stating that ANZ had pulled their funding from a project on ethical grounds. Um, So pretty amazing. He did get in a bit of trouble, um, but um, he he didn't get locked up. Um, but I think he got fined a fair bit, and obviously, to go through the courts. Um, here is the Yes Men doing a hoax. This a one. A day of
4: commemoration in Bhopal. Do you?
3: Sorry, this one gained a lot of traction all over the world because, especially because of the nature of the hoax, they pulled it off live on television on one of the world's biggest um, channels, BBC. And, um, yeah, they didn't get in any trouble, but they did get a lot of press. A day
4: of commemoration in Bhopal, do you now accept uh, responsibility for what happened? Steve, yes. Today is a great day for all of us at Dow, and I think for millions of people around the world as well. It's 20 years since the disaster, and today I'm very Very happy to announce that for the first time, Dow is accepting full responsibility for the Bhopal catastrophe. We have a $12 billion plan to finally, at long last, fully compensate the victims, including the 120,000 who may need medical care for their entire lives, and to fully and swiftly remediate the Bhopal plant site now when we acquired Union Carbide three years ago we knew what we were getting and it's worth 12 billion dollars 12 billion dollars we have resolved to liquidate Union Carbide this nightmare for the world and this headache for Dow and use the 12 billion dollars to provide more than five hundred dollars per victim which is all that they've seen a maximum of just about five hundred dollars per victim it is not Plenty good for an Indian, as one of our spokesperson uh, persons unfortunately said a couple of years ago. In fact, it pays for one year of medical care. We will adequately compensate the victims. Uh, furthermore, we will perform a full and complete remediation of the Bhopal site, which as you mentioned has not been cleaned up. When Union Carbide abandoned the site 20 years ago. Uh, or 16 years ago they left tons of toxic waste which continues the site continues to be used as a playground by children uh, water continues to be uh, drunk from the, the groundwater underneath it's a mess Steve and it's, it's a mess certainly uh, Jude that, that's good news that you have finally accepted responsibility uh, some people would say too late it's three years yes. you know, almost four years on
3: so that's Jude but well, that's not his real name that's one of the S-men hoaxing, and got all over the, over the media, and of course what happened was Dow Jones had to, then were then questioned after the hoax became public, and they had to repeal all that, that he was saying, and it made them look even, even worse off. Um, it's a real shame that they didn't do anything. Real lighting. Um, so, definition of tactic to broadcast a message, to frame an action, to rebrand a target, or to entertain a crowd. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, um, there's a few of us in Melbourne who are involved in a group called Evalent who do a bit of this type of stuff, just supporting different activist groups, um, animal and non human animal um, related ones, but usually lefty ones, not, not like fascists or anything. Um, yeah, just in case you're wondering. Um, yeah, so there's a bit of a cost involved if you want to get some good gear um, and yeah, look at have a quick look at um, some of the stuff, or a couple of the slides we've used. So you can use gorilla lighting, um, example one being to support protesters or as, as a support for protesters. So in this picture, um, you can see the You Can't Hide the tra- Truth that's coming out of a projector onto a truck. And we were at a, um, I think it was a chicken save... Uh, vigil there and they decide, the company decided to try and wedge a truck between the gates so the activists wouldn't come in in or out. And so we decided to project on it and lots of people liked that. Um, well, the activists did. And um, yeah, just following this image, I haven't got a picture of it, but um, activists just ended up going underneath the truck because there was a really big gap. And then we projected on there... Um, you missed a spot with an arrow where people were going in and out. So, so yeah, so that was a fun one um, and, and it kind of gave the activists there, um, I guess, something else to look at, something else to do because um, it can be really cold and dark and gloomy out at those, um, those vigils sometimes, although, yeah, they're well well worth it. Um, you can also um, media jack a bit like this projection. So it might be a bit hard to see but um, you can see the fireworks coming up on on the top of Etihad Stadium there, and um, below the stadium and all along the promenade down at um, Docklands, there were people watching the fireworks to celebrate um, Australia Day, or better better said to be Survival Day, I'd say. Um, and we decided to project on one of their big bollards, just reminding people um, what they were celebrating. Um, and there was probably probably ten to twenty thousand people there. So um, I'll keep running through these pretty quick so that's one way to kind of um, media jack an event using uh, using um, projection um, you can also disrupt in another way this is at white night and we decided to project on the top of another artist projection white nights a, th- a thing in Melbourne where they get um, projection artists to light up the city and it's uh, yeah there's more people at white night than any other night in the city so that was a pretty good one we were projecting on behalf of oh, projecting for the no homeless Ban protest Um, You can also use, um, this is our lighting brigade, it's like a lit up um, placard with fairy lights that make letters and then make words and yeah, so you can use these like just more generally as a form of advertising, Um, like for example during peak hour. Alright, I want to get through these pretty quick um, so that we can have a look at a few more videos. So this is ID correction, so um, a bit like guerrilla theatre, but thanks. Um, A bit like guerrilla theatre, but instead of basing it around an election, um, just basing it more generally on public figures. So ID correction, to embarrass your target, to correct the public record, to expose corporate problems, or to reframe issues. Um, So let's have... Well yeah, this is a satirical um, i d correction billionaires for Bush, so obviously no politician is going to try and um, kind of say that they 're actually for billionaires, but so a lot of people played on that during the bush elections um, and let 's have a look at this quickly because I love this clip. This is the John Howard.
0: You do, you get John some. Howard. Ladies, auxiliary nice fan club. Nice time lecturing up. To say <laughs> we John Howard's ladies auxiliary fan club. Keep trying to play it, but the, the populace just keep on feeling sorry for poor Blighton and, and, oh, no, uh, and that village chap got himself beaten to death. Oh dear! Very un-Australian. Wasn't it? Is that him? Um, is that you, Johnny? It not Johnny. Oh, no. That's yeah. not Johnny. might be Johnny's class. Then we're the John Howard Ladies Auxiliary Fan Club. We're formed to help Johnny win this very hard election. We're very worried about him losing his election. He's facing a very hard... High- election, we want to face it with him. It we is, want to give his election support and support. So that's why we've made up a batch of electoral Viagra for him. He has been flagging in the polls, for soft, you know, and he really needs our support. You know. He does indeed. Yes. And the, the yellow yes. it's yellow it's, cake. Everybody needs yellow It's wonderful of the yellow sorts of community, being, uh, the yellow cake. You know, uh, well, it stays the system for thousand line. years. And yeah. it'll get you glowing in the dark. It'll be glowing in the dark. To it's oh, marvelous. Marvelous. It's marvelous. In fact, my husband and I, Mr. Ernest Lee White, we found that we were digging around in the garden yesterday morning and we found an enormous deposit oh, of uranium of media We did, darling. Absolutely enormous. This is in Brighton. And we thought, we'll we'll read Mr. Howard. And he can take over the mortgage. Oh, yes. And, the super, and quarantine the superannuation benefits. And then he can wash the children. And he can have all our yellow cake. Oh. Yeah, oh and then yeah. he can. He can <laughs> that's what really this must be going through. The <laughs> richest about Iraq. I feel so safe knowing that all those Iraqi and Afghani children have been vanquished. Yes. Much safer. <laughs> much safer. Very that's relaxed right? and comfortable. But and you're right, you can't have a bit of colonisation because of cloth clothing damage, can no, you? No, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All I these mean, silly black armed men it's crying their eyes out a bit of genocide it's just absurd I know I mean look at Northern history I mean never yes. so what we've got is the perfect antidote to the black armband view of history what, what it? we call oh. it the white blindfold view officially endorsed by John Howard oh yes among others so you see one pops the white blindfold on and whoop oh. comes in thing. this is the Keith Winshaw John Howard support
3: anyway some interesting work and another this is quite funny actually um Sometimes you can do ID correction and even not look like... The
1: anti-racism protesters outside court had a familiar battle cry. (laughs) While supporters of the three accused included a knight, a soldier,
2: a capped man with a borrowed slogan and a vocal group of flag bearers. But hang on a moment and let's take a closer look at what those supposed supporters of the United Patriots Front were wearing because those aren't actually genuine Australian flags. And, nor are those genuine UPF supporters. That so-called triple flag is a trademark of the Million Flag Patriots, which is a satirical group that describes itself as the most prestigious, unbashable, and patrioty, neo-patriot group in Australia.
3: So, final tactic would be infiltration. So, um, yeah, I think a few activists do this, um, even within the animal lib scene as well um so to learn from expose or disrupt the meetings of the powerful um one of the great examples in the states was um kind of coined by this symbol of bitter, bitter 70 and um bitter 70 was about a guy called uh tim de christopher who went and was was planning on disrupting an oil and gas auction where they auction off land um government land to Um, oil and gas companies and in the end he walked through the door expecting to be stopped or just being able to disrupt but the lady at the door um, said do you want a paddle to like to vote on uh, sorry not to vote to um, to bid on the action uh, on the auction and um, yeah so he ended up bidding and he bid on everything that day and um, created a whole heap of problems with all the shares, of course. Um, And of course, he wasn't going to pay for any of those hundreds of billions of dollars worth of um, oil and gas permits. Um, And yeah, this was a huge, huge controversy all around the news. And of course, the environmental movement was pretty happy. Um, Tim ended up uh, in jail for 16 months, I think. So um, yeah, pretty scary stuff. Um, But yeah, a pretty amazing action as well in terms of where that went around the world. And yeah, also symbolically. Of course, you can um, you can infiltrate without um, without getting you know locked up, um, like attending a hearing no or um, getting into yeah some type of public meeting like these disability rights activists doing. it really does, just as we were watching, it really does send a, a pretty stark image, but message to. Um, both the public as they're watching it on the news but just have a look at these boys here like it's yeah it's pretty confronting all right
2: okay the committee is in recess and the committee will be in recess until we get our
3: Cool. So I'll just run through these principles really quickly. Just think some other things to think about. Um, then we can go get some food. Um, so, yeah, firstly, anyone can act. Um, just like the, the 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 guy who was hoaxing um, that bowpole disaster on BBC, down the bottom there, the Yes Men. Um, they've never been involved in the arts industry or um, or any training in acting or anything like that. So, yeah, don't be scared to, to act if you really have to. Um, Beware of the tyranny of structurelessness. So, yeah, many of these actions require um, a collective or a group of people who know each other really well and can make decisions together because as soon as um, someone's involved in these types of actions and um, they're not informed or they don't get to choose those decisions together or kind of get input into making those decisions, there's a good chance or, like, there's more of a chance for things to really um, stuff up. Um, but that said, it's also important that um, it's not completely structurelessness, it's not like, yeah, anyone can come in and do anything and do what, exactly whatever you want. There still needs to be um, like really resounding forms of trust, respect, and especially accountability. Um, and if, yeah, if things are kind of too structurelessness within your group or within your organising group, um, the security culture of the group can, can, it can be really big problems. They do the media's work for you. So in many of these scenarios, the media and the activists' opponents um, are pretty ready to take, like, to take you to shreds. And so it's really important to be prepared before the action with, me- with media releases, flyers, documents, and um, things um, in the public realm for people to see why you're actually doing this, this action. Um, the WACA action, which was um, in Parliament, the filibuster, they put together this big, um, this big video file before they even had, I think a week before that even implemented their action and it was ready to go for the media to use um, and to look at to see why, why things were, um, why they were implementing that action so that um, their opponents didn't have kind of like a step up on them to um, tell them, yeah, all, all their crap was wrong. So fourthly, pace yourselves. Um, These actions can make a really big media storm and it's really important that you implement them with care. Um, If you stuff up you can cop a lot of criticism not only from um, outside of the movement but also within the movement um, because you're kind of painting this image of the people that you're um, doing your activism work for. Um, So there's no hurry in implementing these types of actions, there's so many opportunities um, for these types of actions throughout the year or throughout the years and some of them you can only do once maybe in your lifetime or once every decade or something like that. So make sure you've, you're, you're, you're strong, strong in your planning and in your strategising and definitely um, check in with other groups and other people to see if you're, if you're ready to go. Uh, put your target in, the, in, in a decision dilemma. So with that, um, with that Bhopal catastrophe hoax, that's exactly what they did on that um, Q&A with the BBC. They said um, all of these things, like rather than just saying we're going to take... Um, ..we're, we're going to help out people who are involved with the Bhopal disaster, they ran through all of these things that... Um, Dow Jones was going to do. And in doing that, it put um, their opponent, Beau Paul, in this, um, in this media frenzy of having to list each of these things that they were going to do and then saying that they weren't going to do them. So it means the media goes, doesn't just look at your action, but it also looks at your opponent and asks your opponent, are you going to do these things? And it often ma- will make your opponent look worse. Second last, show don't tell. So many of these actions rely on the public and the media putting the pieces of the puzzle together. So, for example, in the Ficus um, election, uh, grill election um, work, um, it wasn't kind of like yeah, we've got this, we've got this candidate. It's called Ficus, and we don't like Republicans. Um, it was more subtle than that. It was a plant, and then there was a whole narrative behind um, ficus, and people could kind of put put the puzzles pieces of the puzzle together to why someone would actually put a candidate like a plant um, for um, for a rolling candidacy. And but yeah, instead of that show don't tell, but also stay on message. Um, yeah, it's important people's messages don't become too convoluted because um, yeah, you can really um, get in trouble. Also, know your cultural terrain, like. It might be more ethical and safe media wise to like intersect your messaging around your action with another social movement. So perhaps like doing an action say on survival day or on Australia day or on um, other days when um, other activist groups, particularly, I guess, lefty activist groups um, on your days, it might not be that great. Cool, so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, yeah, final word is, um, yeah, these, these tactics can be fun. You can get a big reach. Um, They can be symbolically important, but yeah, just make sure you read up, you discuss, you strategize, you brainstorm, and uh, have heaps of fun. Cool, thanks for listening.
0: (laughs) Don't sing me
1: an anthem cause you don't know the words. Words are hard to remember when they mean nothing at all. To the
0: heart who's still waiting for their voice to be heard. Don't sing me your
1: anthem. When your anthem's absurd. Every year, 3CR marks Invasion Day with special programming that gives voice to the ongoing struggle for land justice in this country.
0: Stood up for justice, stood up for truth, stood up for Indigenous... Our shows cover the real history of Australia, cross to local events and rallies around town and celebrate the survival and culture
3: of Aboriginal people. Come last
0: time before we move up.
3: Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Abolish Australia Day.
0: Tune into 3CR on Saturday, January 26th for coverage of the 2019 Invasion Day events and issues. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
1: You're listening to Freedom of Species bringing you animal advocacy on the airwaves and we've been hearing a talk from Ollie Hornung all about creative activism. Hopefully that was inspiring to people, inspiring to animal activists, inspiring to any other activists listening in um, to, yeah, think about the wide range of different tactics we can use to, uh, yeah, get our message across. So thanks to Kate Elliott for recording that talk. Uh, Kate is a former Freedom, of Spe- former Freedom of Species presented this show for many years and is now doing vocal animal on main F. 94.9 currently doing a break but is resuming on in 2019 so like vocal animal on facebook for updates if you'd like to hear that show for more on animal activism also, this talk was recorded at the Animal Activist Forum in 2017, and you can hear all talks, not maybe not all talks, but many more talks from that, uh, from that year, but from that event in general, all the different years that's been on, it's been going on for many years. The website is just activistforum.com, and if you click on the resources tab at the top, uh, you can see a link where there's a bunch of other talks from previous years, you can hear if that took your interest. Also coming up in 2019 is the Animal Activist Forum again, That's at Melbourne Town Hall, October 19th and 20th. So check out that website or social media, et cetera, for uh, more information about that. Thanks, Ollie, for that talk. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, listeners got something out of it as well. And also, thanks, Ollie, for letting us play that talk on the show. Uh, Ollie wanted to mention that, uh, as Ollie mentioned during the talk, um, this was a lot of this was from the Beautiful Trouble book. So, if anyone was interested in finding more about these kind of creative actions, you can go to beautifultrouble.org. And also want to give a quick shout out to the Channel Zero Anarchist Network, um, which you said is great. And that's a podcast of several anarchist and anti-authoritarian podcasts across so-called North America. And that is available at channelzeronetwork.com. And yeah, a bunch of different podcasts. And yeah, I was thinking that you know these actions come from a wide range of different political ideologies, but I would maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I probably say particularly in the anarchist tradition is uh, really into these creative actions. So certainly others definitely join in as well. Uh, you can also find Evo Lens on Facebook as well, which uh, Ollie mentioned doing some work with them. Uh, make sure you click on the community rather than the medical company. There's also a medical company called Evo Lens. So if you search Evo Lens, it's the community one. Obviously, we'll also put up links to a bunch of those things at freedomofspecies.org once we post this. Episode episode, and in the last uh, just few minutes of the show, I wanted to just give a another couple of examples of creative activism for animals and specifically around anti-melbourne cup uh, actions which have been really picking up in the last few years and specific actions but also growing opposition not just in the animal movement of course but also in broader society i heard many other shows on 3cr uh, speaking out against the melbourne cup which was great uh, annual horse racing event here in australia and listening outside and yeah, so this um, definitely, when I heard this talk, I definitely thought of this uh, action which has been happening the last few years. It's called fashions in the Field. And basically this is a counter Melbourne Cup event, but it's very, it's very much in the vein of what Ollie was talking about. It'd been very creative, very fun. And basically people dress up, wear you know, silly outfits and, and go along and have this really fun day. And in terms of sort of creating that new world, I think it can be really positive in terms of, and this isn't to say there isn't a space for being more confrontational and oppositional and angry etc but just thinking about people going along enjoying this event often the horse racing is quite besides the point and people are you know just going along wearing their outfits and having day out and it's like you can do this without their horses being killed and injured etc so it now last few years it's taken place right alongside the melbourne cup Uh, organized by the coalition for the protection of racehorses we had the on recently uh, and sort of merged with a nut for the cup picnic an anti-melbourne cup picnic so it's basically an event where there's vegan food there's also races by consenting humans who have um yeah races and dress up in funny outfits uh all vegan food those kind of things and they have yeah people running around and wearing horse outfits and and that kind of thing so it's very sort of a fun light-hearted day even though it is you know highlighting this very uh serious issue of horses um yeah obviously being being killed and harmed in the horse racing industry and one final um example i'll give along similar lines as well um, yeah my partner Katie actually came up with the idea of actually encouraging people to have uh, betting on the Melbourne Cup but rather than betting on which horse will win having bet on which horse will be killed first basically and so this was an idea she had sort of a grand idea of actually going there in person didn't manage to get that together but we still put up something online uh, basically just a very basic meme I put up of like yeah that thing there's in which horse in which horse will be killed first and then set the odds for different horses just for a very basic sort of meme and yeah we that was seen on Twitter by over 26,000 people. And that's certainly not us having a big platform. Most of our tweets probably are seen by about 500 people or so. Um, but there was something about using that sort of satire, um, yeah, humor, sort of, um, yeah, playing with it a bit seemed to get very much outside of our usual audience, which was demonstrated by, um, yeah, a bunch of trolls contacting us. But I think it also got, got around quite a bit by using this creativity as well. So, yeah, just want to mention yeah, a couple of examples of that in terms of creativity. Creative activism against the horse racing industry so i will let encyclopedia come in i thought i'd be the only one here today but sally was here are here so everyone's here today i'm not the only one here um so yeah they're coming up make sure you stay tuned for encyclopedia apparently they've got a jam-packed show today Uh, You can find all our episodes at freedomofspecies.org, where our show is one till two every Sunday. Um, You can also give us feedback at info at freedomofspecies.org, as well as connecting with us on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to go out with the track Save the Rich by Garfunkel and Oates, and I thought this song is very much in line with what Ollie was talking about in terms of challenging this idea of trickle-down economics but actually you know pretending you're actually in favor pretending you're in favor of the rich getting more money so i thought it was quite quite relevant what ollie was talking about hope you enjoyed that talk and have a nice break
0: everyone knows these times are really tough and we need to band together and say we've had enough all the jobless people need to learn to be content cuz what we need to do is protect our
2: 1%. Save the rich. Let them know you care. Don't leave them to languish in their penthouse of despair.
4: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of Independent Community Radio Station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthew.3cr.org.au.